0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rerun Shuffle, the podcast where we hit shuffle and take a fresh look at Comfort TV. Uh, my name is Tim Nacey. I'm the multimedia editor around here and uh, a podcaster. And you probably noticed they sound a little bit different. Uh, that's because I was exposed to COVID. <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in hiding in an undisclosed location. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're recording separately, remotely.
0: Yes, uh, my co-host, Leo, is... Uh, in the studio, mm-hmm. so they sound much better than I do. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I'm in my bedroom, uh, across the street from a drummer. So, um, so this we'll, should be we'll fun. See, we'll see if he decides to act up <laughs> tonight.
1: <laughs> All right, I am Leo Cabral, everybody. As you've heard, um, I'm the editor in chief at Viewpoints, uh, Riverside City College's newspaper. I use they them pronouns. I'm a queer, trans, and non-binary multimedia journalist, and. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I said that last week, but still exhausted this it's, week.
0: It's, it doesn't make it just because he keeps saying it doesn't make it not the truth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Oh, my I goodness. Mean, I mean, who sleeps? Who rests? <laughs> what even is that? Why, why do you even do that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Tim, what have you been watching? Or in this case, what have you been listening
0: to? Yes, um, I've just really not had time to explore new TV. Mm -hmm. So I've I've been continuing my rewatch of Chuck. Mm -hmm. I have made it now most of the way through season two out of five. (laughs) So plugging away. Um, But I think a lot of my newer stuff um, has been, yeah, podcasts. Um, I listen to podcasts a lot while I work. I don't know if any of my Krispy Kreme bosses are listening. I know it's not technically allowed that I have the earbuds in, but uh, well... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't you can't either. stop Tim.
0: whatever you know I'm not, I'm not i'm not going to they can they can throw me out of the building up uh, okay. <laughs> um but there was a documentary podcast series that i've been listening to uh week to week that just ended this previous week or at least i think it ended at least the documentary part ended. there might be like an interview episode or something they like to do that sometimes um but this show is called wild things siegfried and roy <laughs> So, yes, The Elephant in the Room is, of course, this is actually a podcast, not a TV <laughs> show. Uh, because, yeah, I haven't had a whole lot of time to check out new shows. Uh, but it's a really interesting documentary series about, I mean, I think everybody has a vague idea of who Siegfried and Roy are. They're those two guys, long hair, sparkly capes, uh, hanging out with uh, white tigers. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're an iconic magician duo who kind of made Las Vegas Kind of what it is. Like they kind of they kind of set the tone for that <laughs> weird, dirty glam. <laughs> dirty glam. That is over that is all over Las Vegas. <laughs> I love that. Um, it it claims at the top to be telling the story of uh, when Roy Roy Horn was attacked in two thousand three by one of his White Tigers, uh, Mon- uh, Montecor. Uh, but it actually goes way beyond that. Uh, it explores the history of those two guys. Um, it explores the kind of culture that surrounded them the really weird homophobic jokes around mm. them i remember those yeah they were very um there's there I, I mean there there were no definitive statements made by either of them about their sexuality which honestly why would there be it's not anyone's business of course but um yeah pop culture was convinced that they were like that well not like yeah they like like super closeted gay <laughs> like it, it was the glam yeah um and but 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 even like but even like in like you know polite but like, even more polite circles like there were like lots of like gross horrible jokes about mm. their sexuality but even like people who like knew them well um either, I, i'm not sure if like they were like keeping a secret or if they were just like just kind of feeling off the vibe but they were saying no, I, I mean just one way or another those two guys loved each other and i'm like well i mean they had a yeah, they had a deep they had a deep partnership for a long time, so it makes sense. So yeah, what, what yeah, so they kind of talk a lot about that. There's not they're, they're not trying to like um, the creators of this show aren't trying to like unpack their sexuality. Thank God that would have been insufferable, <sighs> and I would have stopped that after like the first episode.
1: I feel you.
0: But uh, there's a, but there, but there's a lot of um, exploration of the culture around them and all the horrible nasty <laughs> attitudes that kind of surrounded them. And it also hmm. talks a lot about the ethics of training animals to perform because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of sticky stuff that goes into that.
1: It really shouldn't be ethical like at all. It should have never been a thing
0: yeah um it, it manages to ride this really interesting line though between being a really kind of sweet tribute to these two guys and and their contributions to that certain part of American culture but it also spends a lot of time investigating the very shady practices of their parent company which is a uh, Feld Entertainment who's also behind uh Barnum Brothers Circus oh yeah and um it also kind of taught it also kind of uh investigates a little bit the uh, the possibility of corruption in the USDA because after Roy was attacked by Montecore uh they sent a USDA investigator which I had no idea they had those but they do <laughs> um but yeah they they sent they sent this one guy in to investigate and um like one of the one of the main, I guess, characters of the show is yeah the 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 investigator who was sent to look into the tiger attack after it happened, and uh, he was met by a lot of resistance by Feld Entertainment, and uh, eventually his department just kind of dropped the case. Like they just like they they just said, "Well, thanks for the report," and then they just kind of put it off to the side and did nothing with it because I guess they didn't want to rub Feld Entertainment the wrong way because. Well, we don't really know that they, they, it, it's, 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 it's kind of a true crime-ish kind of podcast where you don't really, yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. For, I, I just for, made for, the money for our, sign. For our, for our, uh, yeah. Yeah. Leo <laughs> was doing money, money fingers,
1: money fingers. Which, yeah. Honestly,
0: that's probably what it was, but don't quote me on that. Mm. But we'll yeah. see. there's a, yeah, there, there was, there was like a long history of, uh, of people who of, of like Feld Entertainment, like not take, like they had, there was evidence of they had like a, a tra- like a circus train that was like that was like that was like travel that was like traveling across the country to bring like the animals and stuff to the shows. And uh, there's a pretty infamous story, I guess that that there's there's evidence of where they, because because like these are like these are like big jungle cats that don't have sweat glands, <laughs> so they hmm. need to so they need to have misters above them in order to cool them down because when especially when you get to the desert they get hot mm-hmm. and they're not used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Felt. Uh, put fake misters on the top of the thing they were yeah like like pe- people investigated and the misters weren't hooked up to anything and there was an adolescent lion uh, i forget um his name but uh yeah he dried out and died he died of dehydration no. and nothing and nothing ever happened to felt because of this possible corruption and we, we they, they, so they get a lot into that that's there's so n-
1: sad.
0: There's never been any evidence of Siegfried and Roy um, treating their animals like that. Mm-hmm. But people were suspicious. Like, why Why would one of the tigers turn on them if they weren't mad? But then there's also a lot of people saying, well, I mean, these are tigers. <laughs> and uh, they yeah. don't put up with crap.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're wild animals. I mean, you yeah. keep them in a cage long enough, one day they're going to snap
0: there's yeah there's 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 certain uh, there's there's certain animals out there that you just you can't it's it's not possible to domesticate them at least not in their current form like you know like like there's there's like people out there that like i see they have like raccoons as pets or something oh no (laughs) and like and like the raccoons being all cute and nice in the video but i'm like you know one thunderstorm and that raccoon's gonna rip your face off
1: oh yeah no doubt about it that is there's some animals you just don't mess with
0: yeah but uh and uh what, what i appreciate most about this show though is that in, in addition to all that kind of stuff like i said they um they do an excellent job at like journalistically speaking at telling both sides of the story uh there's there, there are people who are very angry with siegfried and roy like for instance there was uh when when roy was attacked there were two uh there were two of their like animal guys who you know were they they they, they, they worked hard and risked their lives to get Montecore off of roy but when the story was coming out and they had to like tell the press something about what had happened, um, the story the official story that they told was that um, Roy was having some kind of stroke and Mancor was trying to drag was trying to like drag him off the stage to protect him. huh And then these two guys were just really feeling rightfully so, very disrespected because they didn't come up at all for you know that that the, the 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 tiger as the one guy said that the tiger could have come for either of us. Yeah, exactly. Like we're not like like I think his quote was we're not waiting for anyone to write any songs about us but like a mention would be nice because we could have died. Yeah. Jeez, it's a it's 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 a, it's a it's a rough story um but there are but there are a lot of people though too that have fond memories of those two guys like they it sounds like they were just really really sweet and lovely to their cast and crew Aww. um and we hear from both sides and they're both treated with that same degree of respect and credibility so it's re- it really feels balanced and it really kind of like shows you the, it really kind of shows you the complexity of the situation because you know I I I don't doubt that Siegfried and Roy were 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 good guys. They actually both uh, recently within the, within the past couple of years passed away. Oh yeah, I think uh, Roy Roy um, Roy died of of um no no yeah he died he died he died of COVID and then Siegfried died of um, pancreatic cancer. Unfortunately, yikes. Yeah. Um, but they, but they do sound like they were like they were like they were, they were good people, but good people screw up, <laughs> make mistakes.
1: That's and so I, true.
0: And I appreciate that. That's kind of like the 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 bo- the bottom line, you know, the log line, the elevator pitch for this show is that yeah, they like just because they may have done something bad doesn't necessarily make them like totally bad people. Um, and yeah, like just not only was this fascinating to me from a storytelling perspective and really kind of kept me going (laughs) week to week at work. (laughs) Um, but it was also just really inspiring to me, uh, journalistically speaking. Um, I've been on record saying that, you know, I'm, I'm in a journalism program at a community college right now. And, you know, the conventional kind of journalism is not something that speaks all that much to me. You know, I don't want to cover government and stuff. Um, and I'm trying to figure out ways where I can use my own sensibilities. And listening to all these documentary podcasts that I have been lately, it's really inspiring me and showing me like, no, no, this is this is a kind of journalism, this kind of investigative storytelling kind of stuff. And it, it's it's showing me that this is the kind of stories that I want to investigate and tell in the sphere. So it's kind of getting me excited about that.
1: I love that. That is so good to hear. Oh.
0: So I really recommend this podcast. Um, all the episodes are out now, um, I believe. I mean, unless I'm there was no on the next wild thing, Siegfried and Roy. So I assume they didn't just forget. <laughs> um, <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> but yeah, there was a there was a there was a there was a big, powerful, make you cry ending monologue, and so yeah, I, I, I figure that must have been the last episode. Um, but yeah, all those episodes are out, and they're free from pretty much anywhere but Spotify because this is an Apple original. Ah, okay. Uh, but, yeah, so any podcast app you have that, that taps into Apple Music, you'll be able to find all episodes of um, Wild Things, Sick Freedom, Roy. And I really recommend that. It's a really, really good piece of, like, storytelling and journalism.
1: Cool. I love that because, um, no, yeah, like I'm still – I've done a lot of writing and reporting, and I'm still trying to find – my niche, I guess. I um, know I've been I've been doing this for for years, and, and I'm still sitting here like I don't know what what beats I'm passionate about or what I want to do. So, um, yeah. But uh, documentary stuff like that, um, that really gets me going too. Like j- just you hear even hearing you talk about it, I'm like, man, that's like really cool. Like why why don't I do stuff like that? It's like podcasting is a lot
0: of work. <laughs> it oh seriously yeah trust me I am dead inside (laughs) (laughs) so leo what if uh what have you been watching i presume you've been watching television right
1: actually yeah so i finally broke and i started watching euphoria Ah,
0: It's on my list (laughs) (laughs) it's really just just, just, you have seen it
1: (laughs) yeah it's interesting um it's very it's very pretty it's very um a little theatric, a little dramatic. It's a a TV teen drama. So, you know, you're going to expect a lot of dramatics from there. Um, But, you know, my siblings and I, um, my siblings that are like five and eight years younger than me, they're they're, they're a lot closer to high school. And high school is a lot fresher in their minds than in mine. Um, And they're obsessed with euphoria right now. Uh, the, The three of us like love drama, we would always bond over, you know, drama tv shows trash tv shows stuff like that when we were living together so i guess i just wanted to be in with them (laughs) And and vi wanted to like vi says that this has been on her list so we just jumped in and now i am in season one season two episode one so yeah so anyways euphoria first aired in june 2019 it has two seasons out at the moment Uh, The second season just wrapped up February 27th, so I'm catching it at a great time. It, uh, It revolves around a handful of interconnected teens navigating high school, social life, home life, identity, trauma, drugs, friendship, relationships and abuse and all kinds of things that many teens have to deal with while they're going through life and high school. Always, I'm, I, I notice that I'm telling people that it captures how it feels to be a kid or a teenager experiencing the world. You know, it's it, like from their their perspective. It's not from the parents' perspective. It's from the kids' perspectives, which I appreciate. Um, it's like it captures the experience of someone that's not quite an adult but no longer a child. The teenager, the category as a teenager as teenagers, like, is fairly new in history. It only came about in like the early to mid 1900s. So both society and Hollywood have been depicting this group a certain way for a while. Um, there's some truth and there's some instances of art imitating life and then life imitating art in this show. But like if you think back to when you were a teenager, every little thing consumed your life, like everything felt so catastrophic it was life or death um you know romantic and platonic breakups would be the end of the literal end of the world the escapism and the dissociation was high and like the pressure to perform gender roles like sexual instances your sexuality certain adult roles like that was the expectations there was really high there too like there's a lot of pressure it's a stressful environment for many that 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 leaves many um, with things that they're definitely gonna need to work on in their adult life, like later on, the show can be exaggerated at times, like the memes do suggest, you know, like dress like you go to Euphoria high or whatever, and it glams them up. Um, but so it it can be exaggerated, and it does show way too much nudity for people who are depicting minors. Um, I know I know teenagers have sex. We all know teenagers have sex. A lot of them do. But please. <laughs> I don't want to see teenagers having sex. (laughs) It's uh, I'm tired of that.
0: Yeah. That's a really huge debate. Kind of that, that that, that's enraging lately is the whole, like is the whole, like um, the the, the people, people arguing about like, is there, is there a difference between actual minors and depicted minors? Because like, you know, you'll find, you'll find that a lot in like the Cobra Kai um, fan base where, you know, the, there's a there's a there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys who are like who are like attracted to like the the female cast members of Cobra Kai, but mm. they'll refer to them by their character names, who are like sixteen year olds. <laughs> even though yeah Uh, like like, you know like you know Peyton List is in that show and she's in her 20s but she's playing a 16 year old and they're referred to by her character's name which is Tori that's so So weird it's, it's like this weird nebulous space where I guess technically like in a real world sense you're not doing anything wrong but you are definitely, like, getting things all mixed up and wires crossed, and it's getting kind of (laughs) strange.
1: Exactly. It's getting weird psychologically or, like, subconsciously. I feel like once there's that kind of gray area, I think you should not... (laughs) You should not... Okay, so, yes, it's always 20-something-year-olds depicting teenagers, but I think even depicting teenagers should be mm, treaded very carefully because... You know, again, teenagers, you want to, like, treat them as, you know, like young adults because, you know, that's what they're leading up to. But, you know, you got to treat them with respect, too. Like, we got laws in place for a reason. Like, why are we? It just messes. I feel like it messes with a lot of people, a lot of the audience, a lot of the viewers. Because, you know, there's just those instances where things just get... Blurred, and I don't like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's kind of that's kind of. Um, I, I, I think they even like mention it a little bit in uh, in Big Mouth. Like they make a joke about it at one point, um, where you know they're 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 they I, I I have to imagine like they were talking about like what actually happened in the what actually like happened like in the in the pitch room, where it's uh, like oh yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a show that you know depicts that that, that accurately depicts my puberty, and they're like but you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like oh we can get away with it if it's a cartoon oh. like, no, th- that's something that they were it's something that they were that they were like that they were like thinking about and that's something that you get a lot yeah because it, it definitely does make you wonder like yeah like if there's, a, if there's a character who's a teenager and they're being like hypersexualized, it really makes you think like what is going on in this person's head right like, what, it, what, what are they trying to get away with here
1: <laughs> exactly I don't it's just weird like it's still weird ground it's so kind of creepy it's, it's,
0: it's very it's very gray because i do understand like what you'd be getting at with that kind of thing like you're trying to like 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 you do want to like you know have a less than because because i because i figure that that's the deal with the show is that it wants to it wants to show like a it wants to be like one of those shows that gives you a less rosy view of high school
1: and yeah it does it's just i don't need to see all the nude
0: yeah Sh- show you what show you what it's actually like being a being a teenager. I mean, on, I, mean I mean, honestly, like I and I and I do appreciate like that angle on some level. Like it's honestly why I it's honestly why I um why like South Park when I first saw South Park, why that was such a revelation <laughs> for me. Like obviously that show is not a realistic depiction of being a kid. But right. but it but it was like it was a show about kids where the kids are talking like me and my friends talked when we were, you know, nine and ten. <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly, like my my
1: cousins and I were little potty mouth mal- potty mouths like that back in the day too around the same age
0: <laughs> so yeah, I, I do I do like on some level appreciate what they're trying to get at here, but yeah, it definitely is it definitely is like very strange territory. <laughs> when you're, when, oh, you're yeah. when you're sexualizing minor characters even if I they aren't it. actually minors themselves
1: I hate it we just need to stop the act of sexualizing minors like even the concept i do not like i feel like just having the concept and reinforcing that even with adults play adult actors playing minors like i just let's not do that
0: yeah it it does open lot it does open up like another debate because like because like because like that's again on some level I see it's like people I mean teenagers do have sex and stuff of like course that, you know but yeah but then but then but then but then but then but then like it's like well I mean like should it be super normalized on TV you know that kind of thing because like cause like because <laughs> I, I think that's that's always whenever things are depicted on television, that's always I feel like what we're trying to get at is mm-hmm. normalizing it.
1: Yeah, there's a way to, I'm sure there has to be a way to normalize it without showing underage titty. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it kind of feeds into the problem that the show is trying to highlight itself because when like the first couple episodes in I was like, wow, this is just a show about girls suffering at the hands of patriarchy, society, etc. But um, anyways, the two siblings that I grew up with can relate quite a bit to what's depicted in this show. Like there's a lot of Different triggering content for each one of us. <laughs> um, I know. I know the show gets a lot of crap, but the show does resonate with some viewers out there. And I just want to point out that if it doesn't resonate with y'all, fine. But it does hit close to home for some of us.
0: So <laughs> yeah, it, it, it happens. Yeah, like you just sometimes something might not, something might not lock in with you personally, but. <laughs> Yeah, somebody, somebody, somebody has experience. I mean, somebody had to have the idea.
1: Exactly. Like my (laughs) my Rue does remind me of my 18, 19 year old sibling and the family dynamic there does kind of remind me of my family dynamic and like and other things. And a lot of the instances that the gals find themselves in throughout the show, we have found ourselves in those instances. It's just it speaks to a lot. Um, Content warning this show immediately starts off with some heavy themes like immediately. So if you're not comfortable with violence against women, Depicted minors in dangerous situations, statutory rape or depicted statutory rape, um, transphobia, trans violence, heavy drug use, independence, uh, drinking, etc. Maybe the show is not the best for you at this time. So proceed with caution.
0: Oh, wow. This is uh... <laughs> it's a heavy show. This this is definitely HBO being at its HBO list. <laughs> uh,
1: you know what? Yeah, it is a uh, side note. So for the season one finale in euphoria there was a there was a musical sequence and it was like a music video i thought it was dope it was very artistic there was a marching band guess which marching band that was it was riverside city colleges they heard so, everything My God. i'm telling you yeah so check out the marching tigers y'all they are they're hollywood's marching band apparently
0: so i guess so yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so shall we get on to
0: it let's get into our main feature yeah <laughs> all
1: right sorry to drag on so long about euphoria y'all it's fine i went on for like 15 minutes on
0: siegfried and roy so <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the cool thing about us we both can talk <laughs> so background on steven universe this is probably the
0: meatiest background i've given on any of these episodes <laughs> this this definitely i think i think i i hear about this one a lot this is your show <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I mentioned I've watched it well over 10 times over. Yeah, so background on Steven Universe. It was created by Rebecca Sugar, a bisexual, non-binary, and genderqueer person. Um, she, they, she uses both she and her and they and them pronouns. Um, they are an animator, a storyboard artist, a director, and a songwriter. And they also worked on Adventure Time before Steven Universe. Oh, wow. Yeah, the you know, y'all know about... Um, bubbling that's because of rebecca sugar so thank her
0: i don't know what that is
1: <laughs> a bubble coming never mind never mind then it's just lesbian activity rebecca sugar is the entire reason why there was lesbian activity in adventure time so so <laughs> Um, Steven Universe ran from November 2013 to January 2019. Um, There's a Steven Universe, the movie that came out in September 19, September 2019. Um, There's Steven Universe Future, which is an epilogue limited series. That one only ran from December 2019 to March 2020. That one brings me to tears all the time.
0: Yeah, I was actually Googling to see if there was going to be a season two of that. Like, I was like, are we, we going to keep this going? But he's older now. But no, yeah, it looks like I saw it was a miniseries. OK,
1: yeah, I wanted more, but I think they did it just fine.
0: Yeah, I, I was wondering if they're going to do like what Adventure Time's been doing, which is um, which is like a series of miniseries.
1: Mm hmm. Uh, like Distant Lands. That one's definitely done. Distant Lands. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they put out more more stuff um so steven universe revolves around the titular character steven universe he is a half gem and half human and he lives with the crystal gems garnet amethyst and pearl there's nobody like steven in the universe so he has so he has to get guidance from both his crystal gem caretakers and his human dad greg the Crystal Gems are a group of rebel non-binary space rocks who fought for Earth's freedom and saved it from, the, from, um, from being colonized for resources by the Great Diamond Authority on Homeworld. It's uh, really cool intergalactic stuff. The, um, the war lasted over 5,000 years, maybe 6,000 years.
0: that is that is that is is very high fantasy i like it
1: right oh it's so good war
0: raged for six thousand years
1: literally (laughs) oh my god and they still like even to this day in present day they still have to fend off homeworld gems from coming to the planet and causing trouble um some homeworld gems that do become recurring characters are peridot lapis lazuli jasper and several rubies um so this time we are doing things a little bit differently with this episode uh, because Steven Universe episodes are only eleven minutes long, we are covering two episodes for this one. Um, I decided on two episodes that focus on Lapis Lazuli at two different points in her journey in the show, okay. because she's my favorite. <laughs> Trigger warning at the top. Lapis is the trauma character in Steven Universe. She has dealt with an abusive relationship, or as we as they call it in the Steven Universe universe fusion. And that basically, two gems fuse to make one representation of their relationship to each other. It's really cool. As sometimes it's not cool, as you know, as can be shown. There can be really toxic fusions. Um, she has dealt with imprisonment, violence, and has generally generally dealt with many people just taking advantage of her, her power and her kindness. So her arc is basically living with PTSD while trying to navigate a new way of life on earth with
0: her new friends. Woo. And and this is, uh, I will probably have questions because I have not really watched very much Steven universe. I watched one episode, one 11 minute episode a very long time ago. (laughs) And then I just kind of fell off and, um, Actually, yeah, I've seen two episodes. There's actually a lot of characters that I've seen around that I haven't, that I didn't see.
1: Yeah. um, The earlier, yeah, more more gems get introduced throughout the episodes, like throughout the season. So at the beginning, you only have the crystal gems and uh, gem monsters and humans for the most part. All right. So the Alone at Sea Recap: This is season three, episode nineteen. It says differently on the wiki, but when I go to Hulu and HBO Max, the, it's it's season three, episode nineteen. I yeah, it
0: it, it 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 took me a minute, but I, I think it probably gets confused <laughs> because I assume this is like uh this is like SpongeBob or Fairly Odd Parents or whatever, where they would put two together, right, in a half hour block.
1: Oh,
0: that's probably yeah. where it got, that's probably where it got where 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 things got mixed up. Oh.
1: Yeah, that's probably the case then. Uh, cuz I've been watching so much of this online like I don't watch it in actual TV blocks. So, we begin with Steven leading his friend Lapis by the hand down a dock. She's using her water wings to cover out uh, wings.
0: <laughs> that's a that's a thing you used to swim. <laughs> oh.
1: Well, she has literal water wings. Yes, they're like... wings
0: wings wings made of water. I, I, I no, nobody ever said those words in the nobody ever said those words in the um in the episode. But I saw like she was she flew like like she, she she grabbed Steven and like and took off on her water wings. And I'm like, oh, they're water wings. <laughs> I mean, I always call them floaties, but you know
1: <laughs> I love that. Yes. And she does float through the air with her water wings. <laughs> yeah, so she uses her water wings, her wings <laughs> made of water to co- to cover her eyes. <laughs> but you know, it's not a great blindfold as it's water. So she pretty she's pretty sure she knows what Steven's surprises. Um, he takes her over to a boat at the end of the dock that Greg, t- that, that Greg rented. Um, it turns out they're going to take a boat trip. And um, it's Stephen's way of doing exposure therapy for Lapis because, as you hear later in this episode, she was trapped at the bottom of the ocean in a really toxic fusion. <laughs> So, lapis and Greg have have to be intre- reintroduced because Lapis, for some reason, never remembers most of the humans she comes in contact with. Uh, Greg reminds her that they met in the in the last season when she broke his leg, trying to steal the Earth's ocean, trying to get back to homeworld. And she's like, "Oops, you know, she's like, she's clearly uncomfortable." D, um, there's an awkward moment of Greg reaching out his hand to 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 shake hands. But Lapis, not knowing human customs, just leaves them hanging. And he's just like, you know what? I'm just going
0: to go get things ready. <laughs> I, I will say real quick before I move on, though, I, I, I'm a big fan of Steven's dad. <laughs> Me too. Such a, just such a, such a super, just super, super friendly, wholesome guy. He really is. I love him. He's like, my I, dad. I, I can't remember what the pun was, but he made a pun. Puns usually irritate me, but I really <laughs> I really don't think I'm physically capable of being mad at the show. Like, just like, like right out of the gate, I was just like, oh, my God, the show's so nice. Isn't it? Oh, yay. I'm so glad to hear that. Also, I also love the uh, the sandal tan lines on Dad's <laughs> feet. <laughs> I've never seen that drawn on a cartoon character before.
1: <laughs> he also has like the T-shirt. Tan line. Oh, I got Hank Hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Greg is the best cartoon dad that anybody could ask for. I love him. So Lapis seems really unsure about taking this little trip. and um, But Stephen convinces her, saying she's not fused with Jasper to be Malachi at the bottom of the ocean anymore. And water is a part of her. Uh, she shouldn't let one bad experience mess her up. Also, she feels like she doesn't deserve this kindness. And to all that, Lapis responds that it was more than one bad experience. And wow, can I relate to that one? They also, they also re- renamed the boat from the SS Misery to the SS Lil Lappy. And, you know, it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um but apparently it is bad luck to rename a boat so
0: we'll uh we'll get to that
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) lapis says she'll give it a shot and they board the boat as they set sail greg forgot to untie the boat from the peg that uh, on the dock that the boat was tied to so just rips it off (laughs) later on greg tries to make lapis the captain but she snaps and says Don't put me in charge. Clearly tense and uncomfortable. She says that they shouldn't trust her with the boat. Um, It's so funny because everything that Lapis is giving, I completely receive and understand because I have such a similar backstory. (laughs) What's going on here is like, she's having a hard time trusting herself after experiencing a bad relationship. She feels like a burden. Um, She just doesn't feel like, anybody should trust her like but like the worst thing is she can't trust herself because she just feels like she's like a bad person and it's like really
0: sad constantly questioning your own motives self-gaslighting i know yes i know that well
1: (laughs) yeah oh god same (laughs) um steven our beautiful baby boy says (laughs) they'll all be first mates so there's no pressure And, you know, Greg still offers Lapis the captain's hat and Lapis says, thanks, but no thanks. She is not putting that on her body.
0: One thing I'm going to say to you real quick is just that I uh, what one of my favorite things about this is that um, there's a lot of shows that I've seen like car like cartoons where like you know lapis's um discomfort would be played for laughs you know and and there'd be like this whole they would they would they would have like played this for tension you know like like because like Steve like this like, just, just in, an, in an alternate universe where steven universe is a harder edged meaner show uh where you know steven steven wants lapis to feel to feel better about all this and just to enjoy herself um but she's not comfortable and eventually you know it's like this hey come on can you just start enjoying yourself already you're ruining this for me and like that and like that's the gag like ha 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 they're being selfish yeah uh, i I watched a lot of mean cartoons as a kid so (laughs) you know spongebob and fairly odd parents are my favorites which are like gross and weird and kind of mean oh my god (laughs) I, (laughs) i still love spongebob
1: like i was i will still go back and watch that
0: Oh yeah, but but I I, I love that they just kind of like just play it straightforward. We're like, Stephen's just on the fly adjusting his expectations because he is just empathetic enough to know that like, no, I this is about making her feel more comfortable. So I'm going to so so I may not have known what her comfort boundaries were. So I'm going to test those, but then but not too hard. And if I need to, I'll pull back. And no problems. This is not about me. This is about her. And I'm like, that's, that is really, really good, a good way to go about that. He is such a good
1: friend. He is so like sensitive to other people's emotions. And I mean, (laughs) later on in the show, you find, you realize it's because he's been through a lot of like dangerous situations that have made him uh, like super acute to everybody's emotions around him. And he's always trying to fix everybody's problems. And he sees it as his responsibility to, fix everybody and like make everybody happy because it's steven universe he's traumatized um but in this instance it really it really pays off well um you know it (laughs) wait a second i'm just realizing takes one uh, you know one traumatized person trying to help another traumatized person (laughs) get through life (laughs) hmm yeah, no, he is so attentive. He is so good. He is so patient and just so caring. And um, every time, every single time something is up, he is right there. He is right on it. He like it's like he can sense like the emotional shift in her. It's just it's incredible. I love Stephen. Um, so a montage ensues and they're all drinking orange juice on the deck. They're
0: sunbathing yeah, out, of, out, of the, out of the champagne flutes. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed- I, was, I, was, I was like, wow, that's some TVPG stuff going on here. But now it's orange juice.
1: <laughs> it was straight up orange juice. They they tricked you. It's not mimosas. <laughs>
0: I, I also like the way um, the way um, Greg was like like splayed out on the rail while he was drinking his orange juice.
1: He is very comfortable with his own <laughs> expressions of femininity. I love Greg. Oh my god, what a dream! Oh no, I almost said a dream daddy, a dream father. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, again, like every time, Lapis is like is like in her head. Like she's sitting on on when there's when they're sunbathing she's like she turns her head and she looks out at the ocean and she kind of starts like getting in her head and kind of dissociates but steven again is very attentive and grounds her every single time and distracts her with you know something fun and like i mean i guess that's like the best you the best thing you can do for a friend is like be there and like help them like keep things off their mind and like especially when they're in an air in a in a place that they are not a hundred percent comfortable with because of trauma and anxiety. So after they've um after they're done playing with the boat's blowhorn, uh they join Greg
0: blowing out Greg's ears
1: <laughs> literally and Steven's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. He's like, What? <laughs> what? It's so funny. Um, they join Greg in fishing. Lapis showcases her strength and lifts a huge bubble of water out the ocean. It's kind of like a cool bubble aquarium. Um, Greg and Steven are impressed, but Greg suggests that they fish the old-fashioned way.
0: Oh, he is super uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> He's, oh man, that's a whole thing. He's not comfortable with gem magic stuff. You just have to watch it
0: to, to get
1: in, in on it. <laughs> the old-fashioned way takes much longer and is way more boring. Lapis even goes, so when does the fish part happen <laughs> <laughs> but soon after she says that they do get a bite and the rod is handed to lapis and they try to reel it in but and it's a huge catch so the line ends up breaking actually the fishing rod ends up breaking and you know that's that fishing pole rental turned into a fishing pole purchase
0: <laughs> i love greg again like super chill about that though he's like well guess I he, got this <laughs> he is a millionaire at this point so oh, i didn't know that okay
1: that's a new development in this part <laughs> um after fishing greg gets back to the controls and lapis sits and ponders for a bit um stephen tries to keep the mood light and suggest shuffleboard when the boat jerks and rocks everyone around stephen checks on greg and they don't know what's going on they keep hearing strange noises turns out the engine's busted and greg tells stephen you know this trip might be a little longer than we thought, little buddy. And apparently, that's a Gilligan's Island reference. Never watched
0: it, but. But uh, yes, that is what Skipper says to Gilligan. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I'm I really, I'm not really, too, I'm not really the mo- I mean, I, I'm, I'm like the sitcom person, but yeah, I'm not too familiar with Gilligan's Island. <laughs> but, uh, but that is indeed, <laughs> that is indeed what's, uh. <laughs> What is it said on that show?
1: I'm so glad you are the one who told me exactly who said that to who. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Again, I can't remember phone numbers or addresses or birthdays or whatever, but I do remember whose catchphrases who's on sitcoms I've never seen. <laughs> so that's good.
1: <laughs> my brain, <laughs> my brain, um the same thing but it's it's all um Steven Universe trivia up there <laughs> we're such functioning functional human beings tim
0: <clears throat> seriously right
1: <laughs> so steven goes out to the front of the ship um, there's storm clouds now and lapis's mood is definitely down her eyes are shaded by her by her, super, super anime. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot of anime references in this show too. By the way, a lot of anime references, a lot of video game references, um, pop culture references, as you, as we covered just now. So yeah, it's it's funny. I don't know. I don't know why people aren't with this show. Um, he goes up to her to let her know that the trip is going to take a bit longer than they expected. Poor little Stephen <laughs> feels bad, saying it's all his fault. And um, he was just trying to make her feel better. And he shouldn't have even like asked her to come on this trip. And Lapis, of course, our other traumatized baby is saying, no, it's her fault. She's the one to blame. And Stephen's like, OK, but that's not true. And this is like literally my interactions with all my friends. Like, I'm terrible. Like, no, you're not terrible. I'm terrible. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) The show really gets me. So um, but Lapis says she's trying to have fun. She's really trying to have a lot of fun on this trip, but she just can't stop thinking about being fused as Malachite and how she would use all of her strength to hold her down in the ocean and how she was just always battling against Jasper to keep them bound together. And again, fusion is a relationship. It's a literal physical manifestation of a relationship. So, like, if it's toxic, it's going to take a lot out of you. Like, you know. A real relationship does. Stephen trying his best says Lapis doesn't even she doesn't have to do any of that anymore. It's like she doesn't have to worry about it. But Lapis reveals that she misses Jasper. I mean, she says they refused for so long and and Stephen Stephen doesn't get it. He's like, But 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 Jasper's terrible and And lapis is lapis responds to that that like, she's terrible. I'm terrible because, you know, she's done terrible things, like breaking his dad, like breaking Steven's dad's legs, um stealing Earth's ocean, et cetera. And oh my God, I just I love lapis. I feel so bad because it's like after you come out of an abusive relationship, I mean, you have to adjust and do certain things. You're essentially in survival mode at some point. And the things you did in survival mode, were the things that you had to do to literally survive, to literally make it through that s- terrible situation you were in. So it's a hard adjustment going from that to, hey, I'm no longer in this toxic relationship. Now I have to learn how to be and be okay again. If I'll ever be okay again, usually you will be.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like, and people make it sound, I mean, I, I can't really speak firsthand experience, but I have to imagine that it's like... Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of power being diverted. You know, just just to, to, to look at it like a battery. There's a lot of power being diverted to a certain area to survive, and then you separate yourself from that situation, and suddenly all that you know, energy and power is now free, and you know that's painted as a positive thing. But in reality, you have to adjust. Like, okay, now where do I put this now? Like, where wh- where does this energy go?
1: I like it's, that.
0: kind of floating around.
1: That's a good metaphor. Is it a metaphor? Yeah.
0: No. I- I think I said like similarity. I I don't know. It's it's a similar. It's a simile or a metaphor. I will start talking and not remember the beginning of the sentence. Oh, that's okay. We'll just call call it an analogy and call it a day.
1: There you go. (laughs) Analogy was the word I was looking for. (laughs) I didn't get much sleep last night. (laughs) So, yeah, um, I'm very emotionally attached. This is my comfort character. She I feel very seen with her. Um, And and again, like, yeah, poor little Stephen doesn't understand that, like, it is normal to miss the person that you were in an abusive relationship with. It's it doesn't feel good. And I can't really speak for how healthy it is. It really depends on what you do with you missing that person Um, when you're in a certain dynamic for such a long time you get used to it you get used to the pattern you get used to the pattern of abuse and all that stuff so it's like damn what am i gonna do now like going back to that again like how do i learn how to be be and be okay (sighs) i'm like i'm feeling i'm feeling emotional hold on (laughs) uh so yeah it's it's a lot, and so you know, and Lapis is tell, saying, telling Stephen, like I've done terrible things, I'm a terrible person. And before Stephen can even answer, they're interrupted by Jasper, who says she's been following Lapis. Stephen, precious baby boy, tries to protect uh, tries to protect Lapis, and Jasper says that he should be afraid of Lapis because she's a monster. <sighs> and trigger warning for gaslighting coming up in the next couple events. Um, Steven still tries his best, but can't stand against Jasper alone because she is huge. She's a massive gem. Uh, those muscles, dang. Um, Jasper grabs Lapis's hand, kneels at Lapis's feet and asks to be Malachite again. And Lapis asks her why she'd want to, why, why, why would she want that? And Jasper says, well, Lapis made her, Understand fusion because Malachite was bigger and stronger than either of them. We could fly. Like all selfish thinking on Jasper. Oh yeah, end. and
0: the and the and the and the metaphors are, are 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 getting laid on thick at this point. Like like you really start to understand. Oh, that's what this is all about.
1: Yeah, exactly. It. Oh my God, this show. So Lapis refuses and confesses that she loved taking everything out on Jasper. She needed her and she hated her. She says it, but she says it was bad. She recognizes it was bad. She never wants to feel that way again. Jasper says she's changed. Lapis changed her. And she's the only one with that kind of power. She's the only one that can handle Lapis's kind of power. And this, like right here, Jasper has gone through several kinds of manipulation tactics here. Again, Lapis refuses because she says it wasn't healthy. And again, she never wants to feel that way again. <sighs> Jasper tries to attack Steven because, you know, he, he at this point, he's like back up and about to intervene. So Jasper tries to attack Steven, blaming him, obviously, you know, like what else is an abuser going to do? Just going to direct their rage other places. Um, she, she blames him and Lapis water punches Jasper completely away from the boat, which is great.
0: Like um, legitimately it's a water punch that it actually is a fist
1: yeah yeah so like lapis's powers are you know to mat to manipulate water she's she's a waterbender <laughs> lapis is a waterbender and she her one of her favorite things is making like water hands and water fists and her water wings occasionally turn into hands it's cool yeah so while she water punches jasper away um the she punched through the hole of the boat. So now there's a hole in the boat. <laughs> um, they fly away home and Steven comments that the ocean is really beautiful from up there. Lapis agrees. And then that's the end of the,
0: of that episode. You know, I'm going to, one thing, one thing I'll say for one, one, one thing I'll say about this, um, this, this episode I think was a really good introduction to the show for me because yeah, cause this, this is the first one I watched cause it was the first one on the list. It was earlier in the show. Um, and um, I think I think what I responded to, like just just in general too, is the fact that yeah, it's got this um, super this this episode especially more so than the other one. Um, this episode reminded me so much of um, Kiki's Delivery Service,
1: <laughs> where
0: where it's like super super chill. There's really not a whole lot of like action going on. And one of my favorite things the fact that um, things because 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 like I said, I watch I watch shows that are about Conflict, like just like just, just 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 characters that hate each other. You know, I grew up on Ren and Stimpy and, and Invader Zim, a show where everybody hates everyone, and um, Zim especially. <laughs> hell yeah! And um, you know th- those those shows, they want to get you know they have they have fifteen minutes. You know, Fairly Odd Parents, they've got they got they got fit, they got they got eleven minutes for Timmy Turner to make his wish. For him to realize that he made a stupid wish and then try to figure out a way around the fairy rules to be able to fix everything before the entire universe crumbles. <sighs> um, and, they have to, and it's a very, very fast pace. It's, 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 very, it's very, very fast pace. And like the conflict is in play, you know, within three minutes. I like that they just like this, 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 this show is, this episode was almost all just all breath. You know, it was just, let's just, let's just, let's just hang out and try to help Lapis work through her trauma. And, you know, there's a little bit of, little bit of bad feeling here and there. And, you know, it does, it does like come to like a a climax at the end. There is a fight scene at the end, but even that is kind of underplayed. Like if I, if I remember right, there isn't any like, there's there's any music or anything to it it's just kind of very quiet little little little, little eerie kind of kind of reminds me of like why in the empire strikes back the vader luke um like saber duel is so tense and that's because it's all just sound there's no music during that oh, scene
1: there's not music huh oh wow i just realized that yeah no you're right this episode is a very quiet one like considering like especially in comparison to the other episodes hmm
0: and and also and also I love too that like um, it's that's something I always appreciate stuff like um, stuff like this and like it's it, it's one of the reasons I cited why I liked Fraser so much because it's uh, and yeah I'm everybody I'm comparing Steven Universe to Fraser so buckle up <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm ready for this it's it's just it, it, it's 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 pretty broad it's just the fact that they didn't feel pressure to end on a joke yeah they, they were flying away greg was heartbroken by the loss of his boat and Stephen just says it really is beautiful from up here and that yeah. and that was it and then we just and then we just um and then we just close on that like i i, I love the, i love the you know the 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 episode title card thing with the um the the the, the statue hand with uh steven's clothes hand, like flapping in the wind that is like the most, like, indie game main menu thing I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, it's so lo-fi, right? But, yeah, that also works.
0: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so I was very... um, The next episode is um, far different, but this was a very interesting, um, very refreshing kind of uh, animated show. Because, like I said, I watch shows that are a lot meaner and more, like, just, 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 just louder, more frantic, um... Scarier, you know. Gravity Falls is one of my favorite recent ones, and that shows just that shows just snarkiness and fear all the time. So,
1: <laughs> my personality.
0: <laughs> so this this was a very different vibe than a lot of shows.
1: Yeah, I want to say that that's why Steven Universe has had such an impact on me, and why I am literally obsessed with it. Um, it's a show that leads with love and acceptance and understanding. At least that's from like. Steven's perspective, he's trying to navigate his life through love and acceptance and understanding. And he's trying his best to be like the best boy ever. <laughs> and because like everybody around him is always in conflict, fighting a lot, like there's there's a lot of conflict around him. And he feels like he has to be the one to put everybody back together and fix relationships. And it's it's not his job. It is not his job. He's like a very parentalized child. <laughs> Who grew up in a very emotional emotionally volatile environment, I wanna say. Maybe even like physically oh yeah, definitely physically violent. He's hmm. he, oh
0: yeah, the crystal gems go go at us sometimes. This is gonna be uh this is this is definitely gonna be interesting watching this from the beginning.
1: It's 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 all about growth. It's about emotional growth. It's nice. I love it. I mean, as you can see from these two <laughs> <laughs> This is why I'm always trying to work on my emotional state is because of this show. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Shall we move on to the next one? Let's do it. All right. So this next episode is season four, episode 19. So literally a whole season after our first one. Uh, This one is called Room for Ruby. So a lot, a lot, a lot has happened between season three, episode 19, and then season four episode 19. So we start off this episode with such a wholesome little, little, little situation. Um, Garnet and Steven are on the porch wishing on shooting stars. They see one and Garnet wishes for another one so that Steven can make a wish too. Suddenly another shooting star does appear and her, her wish seemed to have worked, but then they hear screaming coming from the shooting star. Turns out it's one of the homeworld rubies from earlier in the season. Uh, her name is Navy because her gem is located on her navel, where her little belly button should be. Her and her team were blasted into the vacuum of space during their f- previous confrontation with the crystal gems on the moon.
0: Ah, uh, that's not what you want to have happen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's so funny because I didn't think that any of them. I don't. I didn't think we were going to see any of those rubies again. And then. we have navy so navy lunges at steven after she just completely plump like just cratered into the onto the beach she lunges at him and he puts his bubble shield up but navy says that she wants to stay on earth with them um she wants to be somewhere she can be herself garnet and steven are surprised naturally because (laughs) not a lot of gems that steven comes across are very friendly are rarely ever friendly towards him um Steven asks her, asked, asked Navy if she's mad about their interactions from before, like, you know, tricking them, sending them off to, like, on wild goose chases, sending them into the vacuum of space. <laughs> but no, she's not mad, she says. Steven knows exactly where Ruby will fit in, into the barn where Lapis and Peridot live together. And Lapis and Peridot didn't have the best relationship to begin with either because, you know. At one point, Lapis was Peridot and Jasper's prisoner. And it took a lot of long time for them to even get to this point. So interesting. Oh yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot going on in this show. Steven goes to the barn and he finds uh, both Lapis and Peridot sitting on a tractor together with their pet pumpkin, waiting for a star to wish upon, and it's the sun rising so it like literally okay so it like it literally so from what I told you like they were you know Lapis was Peridot's prisoner and didn't trust each other at first the fact that they stayed up all night and watched the sun come up together with their little pet pumpkin
0: is sending me
1: I it's so wholesome I love them
0: oh, and, I... For any, and for anybody unfamiliar pumpkin is literally a pumpkin
1: yeah he's a pumpkin Pum- a
0: pumpkin that is all mouth <laughs> He's like, a yeah. little, he's like a little jack-o'-lantern.
1: With legs. And he can bark. Yeah. <laughs> or she. You know, pumpkin doesn't really have a gender. <laughs> pumpkin doesn't need <mean> a gender. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like us. Or me, I mean. <laughs> I was like us thinking about me and the Crystal Gems. but um. <laughs> so, Steven introduces Navy. She introduces herself as a refugee from Homeworld, just like you guys. Peridot lovely little parrot is very welcoming and open to the new barn mate, but Lapis is not. Um, she doesn't get why Navy wants to be here because they were awful, awful to her in the past. And she assumes that Navy must hate them. Right? I mean, I, I don't know. I would, I'd have some pretty mixed feelings. Lapis says life on earth is confusing. It took her so long to get adjusted and she's still getting
0: adjusted. I love that. I love um i love um peridot's um which is like teaching about teaching about um life on earth and she's just like and she's just like um and and, and, what what does it all mean who knows that's the beauty of earth nothing here makes sense
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it's true i love it yeah um gems coming to earth and learning how to love earth is like the biggest theme of steven universe it's so nice Steven and Peridot tell Lapis to give it a chance, and after a little bit, Lapis does trust them, but they have to take it slow. Um, They later give Navy the rundown of being an Earthling. Basically, you make it up as you go, and everything is always changing, and that's beautiful. (sighs) Lapis says it may be hard at first because this is where a bunch of bad things happened, but Navy seems so well-adjusted and immediately loves everything. She can sleep immediately when Lapis has trouble doing so. She loves rain and sunshine and the dirt and weather and, like, everything that Lapis, Peridot, and Steven show Navy, she loves it. Lapis is not—she's not buying it. And she's focusing more on the negative aspects. She's skeptical of Navy and she. she's just—I don't know. She's not feeling it. Lapis gets frustrated. Like, how can Navy— Like, she can't even understand how Navy can be so happy and open and loving towards them when she when Navy barely knows them. And like, especially if they've been so bad to her in the past, they were just enemies. (laughs) I love the part where like where Lapis asks her, why don't you get angry? And like, and and Ruby's and Lady's like. I think if I really tried, I don't think I could. And, you know, Lapis is just like, oh, come on. And so she flies off and she goes to the barn to sulk. When um, my po- my poor baby, when <laughs> when Stephen and Peridot find Lapis at the barn, Lap- first thing Lapis says is something is seriously wrong with me. It took me so long, so long to learn to like this planet. And Peridot says, hey, no one said there's a rush. And then, you know, one of the later things that Lapis says is like, why is it so easy for her when it was so hard for me?
0: Yeah. And you know what? This one, this one, this one got me pretty directly. Mm-hmm. Um, I am somebody that um, has a lot of trouble um, feeling at home and feeling, you know, just, 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 just feeling, feeling like I belong somewhere. And so, yeah, I, I do sometimes harbor like, 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 like just recently there was a new person that got hired at work who's already like friends with like the entire store, you know, oh. and he already, I, it just, just, just happened really fast and I'm over here and, you know, and, 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 and I can't help, but like, you know, I, I can't help but feel kind of, you know, envious and jealous of people's, you know, natural openness and charisma, you know, mm-hmm. that, that feeling, that feeling is real where, you know, just, just, you, you, you feel you, you kind of make yourself an outsider for a long time as of self-protection and then to see other people who are so able to just dive right in and become a, and become like a, 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 strong and functioning member of like the social dynamic Yeah. when you always feel like an outsider. It's, that's a real thing. And it's something that I struggle with pretty much every day in my life.
1: Yeah, same. Yeah, same here, actually. Um, It's always been a thing for me. Um, Like, (laughs) I've always been a weird kid. I've always been queer from the start. Like, I've moved around a lot. I went to new schools a lot. I've had different interests from other kids a lot. I've been through, I lived in a very abusive household. I lived with a narcissistic parent. (laughs) I, I was the parentalized child, um, my there's substance abuse issues in my family. I've had really, 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 really terrible abusive relationships back to back, and so like with like this is why I, this I'm telling you this is why I relate to Lapis. She has also gone through so much stuff that like like I feel like I had I've had to protect myself from ev- the entire from everybody from everyone. I keep. Even now I still keep everybody at an arm's length. like it seems like I may get along with some people um, around me in my classrooms, in the newsroom, in at my mom's place. but I'm always I always feel like miles away from them, even though I don't know. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, I, I get you for, for, uh, for, for, for me, it's more, it's more that um, it's, it, it, it's it, for, for me, it's not that the people feel far away. It's the, it's, it's a feeling that the connection is fragile. I screw one thing up. They poof away.
1: God, there's also that like, Oh man. Like, I feel like if I don't, if I feel, I feel like if I don't do enough or if I do too little either way, like it's, it's messed up. It's it's something's gonna like ruin it. Um, I have such a hard time trusting people. I have a, such a hard time like just getting into social groups. It's just so difficult. It's just so difficult being alive, especially with like the social anxiety and like the general generalized anxiety and PTSD that I have. Like, yeah, I also I also feel envious of people who can just naturally make friends just right off the bat. Like, how do you do that? How are you just over here?
0: Like, what's that like?
1: <laughs> Literally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no because yeah you know i that's that's this, that's kind of how it goes like some people out there are steven universe and i'm over here being invader zim <laughs> <laughs> i've got a, i've got a meaner snarkier angrier sense of humor i will like try to bond with people at work by bitching about work <laughs> and um, yeah know, it, it's, but then some people aren't charmed by that some people are like you know you really need to lighten up
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know i guess i also like to I know, uh, complaining is my my love language sometimes. <laughs> um, right. So, anyways, moving on from our sad social situations. <laughs> mm-hmm. Navy overhears what Lapis is going through and feels bad. And Lapis, I love this. I love this part. Lapis is like, no, no, no. Don't worry. It's it's me. It's my issue. You know, I didn't mean to make you feel like you didn't belong. Like, I
0: say, I, I, I say that kind of thing so often. Like, same. Look, I, look, it is uh, I I'm, I'm just like, OK, here's how like I, I I. always have to try to make that clear to people. It's like, look, I need to get this feeling off of my chest, but I'm not asking you to do anything to solve it. I just look, I just need to let you know this is how I'm feeling right now. But it's my problem, not yours.
1: Yes, dude. Same. Oh, that's so funny. Navy starts talking about, like they they things get a little bit better between them. Tensions are a little bit lower. Navy Navy starts talking about missing her her ship and talks about um, it's like the only other place where she felt like she's she, she's belonged. And Stephen's like, hey, we have your ship. It's right behind you. And he asks if she if if Navy wants to show them the ropes. So while they're in the air, <laughs> and Navy's like just flying them through 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 the sky um she tricked steven into opening the hatch it was a ruse all along oops and she loved that deception oh my god she
0: oh my god she relishes it it was so good i i I also i also also love steven's like steven's like um like he was like he was like he was like channeling finn from adventure time for a second there when he was like when, when, when 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 um yeah, Navy Navy asked him to go press the yellow button. He's like, "Okay, I'm gonna press it." He's
1: <laughs> he's so cute because <laughs> he's he's only I want to say 13 or 14 at this point. He's a baby. Oh yeah, he's good. He yeah. All the all of our Adventure Time, pro, uh, Adventure Time, all of our Cartoon Network protagonists have very similar vibes. Um, Lapis is pissed. About the deception, and she's about to go destroy Navy, but Navy like does a little loop de loop and gets away, and the gang all land in the ocean. And just as Lapis is about to fly on after Navy, she just starts laughing it off. I love, I love this line. So. <laughs> she's That's like. like
0: no.
1: <laughs> She's like, I was right. No one could be that well adjusted.
0: Oh well, uh, before I we move on, like, what, what, what um, one, what I, the, this, the show, the show did, like, cause, cause, like I said, the, um, the show has two different vibes and the, than like, the, than like, the shows and like styles of humor that I, that I usually get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does have a joke that is very much my speed. Um, it's, 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 it's when, it's when the three of them, because, um, when Stephen actually opens the hatch. Steven's holding on to the on onto the open hatch. Lapis <laughs> holding on his ankles and um Paridot. Paradot, yes, I forget her name. <laughs> Paridot. <laughs> I apologize. Peridot is holding on to, um, is holding on to Lapis's ankles and they're having a conversation. About what's going on. Steven and Lapis can both hear it. And Peridot's like, I can't hear what's happening. What's going on guys. I, I, I just love, I just love jokes where like they put realism in place to push against like dramatic convention. Cause obviously in most situations, all three characters would be able to understand what was going on. But I like the kind of like, yeah, like it, it makes perfect sense. She's all the way in the back and there's like wind rushing past her ears so she's not gonna be able to hear anything she's like yelling too like
1: exactly are we getting a tour of the ocean it's so (laughs) funny oh my gosh when they do swim back to um to shore garnet is there it's pretty funny too (laughs) with two balloons one is like
0: welcome to the team
1: and the other one is sorry for your loss
0: welcome to the party and sorry for your loss
1: (laughs) yeah it's because she has future vision and she can see like different possibilities. So oh, she was,
0: I see. She was, I, thought, I thought she was just prepared. Like, she was just ready to go for both.
1: She also prepared for both. Because <laughs> um, the way her future vision works, it's based on everybody's decisions. So there is a chance that it could have gone well, and there's a chance it could have gone wrong. And she always prepared for those inevitabilities
0: i love too she takes the welcome to the party one just like crushes it like (laughs) (laughs) doesn't even just let it go just like pulverizes the welcome to the party balloon that's a warning
1: (laughs) but yeah and that's the end of the episode um what do you think tim how
0: does it hold up for you Uh, a lot of this I've kind of peppered in throughout the episode. Steven Universe was part of a wave of Cartoon Network shows. Um, Adventure Time regular show were similar of the other ones that everyone in my age group loves. Like, I mean, we were all like we were all like in like, you know, the beginning or middle of high school when they came out, but they all just love those shows. And um, they just kind of blew right past me. You know, that that was that was I mean, it's not that I was being a snob or anything, but that was around the period where I was starting to like really dig deep into really dig deep into like more adult dramatic stuff. Like around this time was when I discovered Breaking Bad and my mm. TV tastes were changed forever. Um. <laughs> um I had nothing against them. I just had other priorities uh, at the time. But I feel, though, I've wasted a lot of time on this particular show. Mm -hmm. Uh, What strikes me most about it, aside from it's because because that because that that, that, because that's how I would elevator pitch this show is like you take you take the art style from the Scott Pilgrim comics and you marry it with like this really somewhat chill um, Ghibli Miyazaki kind of vibe. Especially, like, especially, um, alone, it's like alone at sea. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. a very, it's a very, it's a very chill, very just nice episode. They're just, they're just, they're just goofing around. Characters will make jokes and somebody else will laugh. Like, it was, though the the joke wasn't even directed at you, you're just feeling the vibes. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of rare. Um, I, I, I was also impressed with how well it managed to balance the comedy and the drama. Now, that's impressive for any show. I mean, just last week I was talking about Chuck and, you know, and Psych. Uh, but for a show to be able to pull that balance off within an 11 minute 11 minute time limit – is just staggering it's absolutely amazing uh both the episodes which focus heavily on lapis lazuli uh they manage to be fun and cute while also finding enough time to explore deep emotional issues within the character um they also make this very wise choice my favorite thing hands down i keep my mouth shut about it my favorite thing about this is that they are only concerned with letting the problem be seen um You know, it 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 helps. It it, it was a wise choice, both in terms of pacing, you know, because there's only 11 minutes to work on this, um, but also in terms of like just giving the kids who are watching the show credit. Um, The show doesn't try to solve these problems. It doesn't try to try to figure out, okay, how do I feel okay about the trauma left over from a abusive relationship? Um, It just allows the problem to present itself so that the person who is having the problem can start to process. Um, you know, that's a really, really big part of the battle. It's not, it's not like, I wouldn't say it's like half the battle or anything, <laughs> right. but it's, it's, it, 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 it's, a big step. Um, and it's just, it's, I, I, I appreciate that they just let you know that it's a problem and somebody else feels this way. So somebody who feels the same way as the character doesn't feel so alone. It doesn't try to solve the problem because honestly, who knows if these problems can even be solved. Some of this stuff doesn't go away. So you just have to live with it and just learn how to move on from it while it still kind of exists somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the writers of the show seem to understand that. And uh, yeah, and just, and just personally too, like I, because I, I haven't been in an abusive relationship really. Um, but in Room for Ruby, though, like, Lapis's resentment of Ruby <laughs> was very, it, it's like I said before, it was very effective to me personally. Because, uh, yeah, it's like I said, I, I have trouble feeling at home in new environments and around new people. And it makes me feel bad when I see other people who seem to be settling comfortably, And then it makes me feel bad that I feel bad.
1: Dude, yeah, exactly. Um,
0: and, and even if things aren't the way that they appear... As is the case with Ruby, and obviously th- this th- this would be a different thing in real life. Um, it still makes me picture a better version of myself that doesn't have trouble. You know, like I I I, I kind of wish. You know, it's like why can't it's like it's like why do I have to why do I have to feel bad? Like why can't I just be why 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 why, why can't I just have settled in comfortably to this environment, and just be part of this rather than feeling bad about the fact that I can't. Mm-hmm. And that's where the bad feelings spring from. It's something that I work on, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that the show didn't just tell Lapis to suck it up, deal with yeah. It. Mm-hmm. Like she just acknowledges, look, this is a problem. Um, I'm working on it, but it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yes, yeah, so the show really impressed me, and I'll definitely be watching more of it. <laughs>
1: Yay! That's so cool. Uh, Wow, I'm really glad you liked it. Wow, like, that was awesome. So glad. Um, Let's see. Well, for me, (laughs) these two episodes and, gosh, Steven Universe in general, um, you know, I've watched it so many times just trying, trying to find a problem with it, trying to find any issues I have with anything in there, and they handle a multitude of issues that kids and even adults go through quite well. Um, even if it's not actually solving them, even if it's just holding space for somebody's negative emotions or um, just emotions in general, it's it's cathartic. <laughs> Lapis's progression, I want to say, is um, is so cathartic. I I love how this show handles trauma and ptsd through lapis i mean they explore it with um with pearl a little bit in a different way i want to say a couple a couple other characters but lapis is like the main focus of it because she's the one that represents the more volatile side of you know being in certain relationships and situations where you just (laughs) you come out of it with ptsd (laughs) Um, I love how they showed what gaslighting is through Jasper, like through that entire little bit right there. You can tell she was full of it. It, it. it lets you know that your emotions are normal. Like I said earlier, you know, Lapis missing Jasper is completely normal. I mean, you're not a bad person for missing being in a relationship or being with somebody that you were with for a long time. You know, you just that's a codependency you know you you get you get it you get you get used to being with somebody there all the time and no matter how like toxic it is like that separation there's still going to be a it's it's going to be a sticky separation so i really appreciate how it depicted that um and the whole way that like steven universe handles complex emotions and situations like it's all amazing um i've actually i've used this show as my own kind of like self-therapy <laughs> i have self-therapized myself through this show so much um i want to say i'm so biased so i would give this one like a five out of five
0: but you have to be like oh it's it is 15 out of five.
1: Oh my god could you imagine twenty thousand? Uh, <laughs> what if i was just straight up yeah it's like a four out of five three out of five <laughs>
0: It now, like actually, it turns out the show is actually incredibly racist.
1: It's garbage. <laughs> oh, my God. I would hate that. No, it's um about the Miyazaki vibes. Actually, you just I just remembered they do have an episode called Kiki's Pizza Delivery Service.
0: Oh, wow. So, OK, now now I know for sure they were thinking about Miyazaki, especially that first episode.
1: I'm telling you, they take a whole bunch of influence from anime, Miyazaki, um, Again, pop culture. I know somebody makes a Prince reference, which is amazing. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into this show. Video game reference. There's a Final Fantasy, like, cloud figurine in Steven's room. And then there's, like, (laughs) an ugly little Sonic figurine in his his room, too. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. I love Steven Universe. I feel like more people should watch it. Um, And I think that's going to wrap up our, our show today.
0: I think so yeah this is a very I I've been I've been I've been accidentally picking some very toxic shows recently so um it's actually really nice to find something wholesome <laughs> I I have not been vetting my stuff properly
1: <laughs> That's okay um I didn't really like there's a couple of episodes that I haven't really vetted in like in in the future so This should be interesting. What
0: happens. Uh, So, yes, uh, I think that will about wrap it up for this episode. Um, If you like what you just heard, uh, make sure to tell your friends or and or leave us a rating and review wherever you found this to help us spread the word. Uh, Check out our website. um, We are a student run newspaper, as uh, Leo mentioned earlier. Um, And you can find all of our articles on viewpointsonline.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Riverside City College Viewpoints, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at RCC Viewpoints. Leo, should the people feel compelled, uh, where could they find you?
1: Y'all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chupacabral. That is Chupacabra with an L and an underscore at the end, all lowercase. Now, Tim, where can the people find you if they so Um,
0: wish? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nacy Tim. That's spelled N-A-C-E-Y.
1: All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye.